Do you feel that you're modeling appropriate and positive behavior for today's youth? I feel like we just figured out who or what killed Biggie and Tupac. Gary, Gary, Gary. Gary Hoffman. He's like a little man. Hi, guys. I'm Shannon. Shannon Farron. I like that she's a fighter and that she doesn't give up. Who are you? Gary and Shannon. You can talk. Uh, goo goo gaga. No, you can really talk. Now let's get this nightmare started. Good news, good news, good news. I thought I wanted Gary and Shannon, it's KFI, AM 640. It's New Music Monday. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I like this idea. Yeah, it's Blake's idea. Oh, it was? I still like it. In fairness, it took me four years to have it. <laughs> no, you said you had it before. It was just took four years for you to implement and execute. Got it. Let me read you some of the headlines that I caught this morning. Queen Elizabeth appears before cameras amid royal family crisis. Here's another one. Buckingham Palace aide has never seen monarchy in such peril. Here's another one. Queen leads meeting on Prince Harry and Meghan's fate as princes deny report Harry felt bullied. I mean, people are breathlessly reporting on this quote-unquote crisis. That's because they don't have football like we do. Yes. Maybe. Right? Yeah. I mean, that took up a lot of people's attention this weekend. I didn't, I forgot anything was even going on. Totally. I read not one news item over the entire weekend. Uh, you were in San Francisco, Santa Clara, to, yeah. to watch the uh, 49ers game. Great time. Felt good, right? Felt damn good. Ooh, sorry, the D word. Oh. I've already started the show off with the D word. I was just like three minutes into it. There is an evangelical mother's group that is going after Burger King for using the D word in its ad. Huh. And each of us sat there and went, wow, Burger King used the D word in, a, in an ad? <laughs> and then we listened to the ad, and apparently the D word is now damn. Right. So what do they call the other D word? They don't even refer to it. Yeah, they pretend like it doesn't even exist. Or it's devil. Oh. Yeah, it might be. Uh, we have a new segment that we're going to be doing a little bit later. It's going to be called "From Under the Weighted Bl- From Under the Weighted Blanket." We'll work it out by the time we actually get yeah. to it. From under the weighted blanket, because sometimes there are stories that are just too much, too much, and we need comfort, and we need to be under that yeah. weighted blanket. If you find yourself one three five seven, you can't even. This is where you need to go. We'll do that uh, next hour. The bottom of this hour, we'll talk about Oscar nominations. Oscar so white. We just saw him in the hallway. We can confirm Oscar so white and so male. Uh, but let's start here. Um, the Iran has finally admitted. I mean, they technically did it Saturday morning, but they finally admitted that they are the ones who shot down that Ukrainian airliner, although they did so unintentionally. Well, that pisses off a lot of people, as it should. And I think what we saw over the last couple of days in the protests that resulted as a uh, as a result that resulted from that admission from the Iranian government, you saw something that a lot of people didn't want to understand that this General Soleimani guy and uh, the people who are currently running Iran are not loved by the people of Iran. The people of Iran are pretty upset with the government. 
Hadi Gamini is the executive director of the New York-based Center for Human Rights in Iran, and he went on Twitter to say the brave people of Iran have a right to peacefully mourn and demand accountability from their government without state violence, and that government has a duty to listen. Talking about the protesters spilling into the streets of Iran, uh, shouting slogans, demanding that leaders be held accountable for this strike. And here's the other thing. This is not new. This upsetment, this unrest, they have been rife with protests over there, despite this most recent fight with the United States. For, for a decade. Economic difficulties, they say crushing global sanctions led to a 50 percent fuel price hike in November. And that's when they saw thousands of Iranians in the streets in protest. And that Soleimani guy was the guy who would go through and finger quotes, clean up the streets. And he's credited with or blamed for the deaths of thousands of Iranians, hundreds of Americans so I don't like I, I've never understood the idea that, oh, you know, we shouldn't have done this uh, because the intelligence was that this, you know, whether or not there were embassy attacks that were imminent that this guy was planning. This guy's an a-hole to the nth degree and deserved to have a Minuteman missile in his ear. And he got it. Now, the other issue about this that uh, that has been interesting is. The president tweeted in Farsi on Saturday. Did you see that tweet? Uh, It was basically a message to the Iranian government uh, and to the Iranian people who are protesting. Listen, we support you. We believe in your freedom and your, you know, your ability to uh, to express your disappointment with the government. And then a warning to the government. Do not kill your people. Do not do this. So uh, the numbers, just the numbers. Right. If you look at General Soleimani specifically. And the number of Americans that he is credited with or blamed for killing or maiming into the couple thousand Americans through the use of uh, these improvised explosive devices that were throughout Iran, uh, sorry, Iraq and Syria. And then we put one minute man missile in his ear and kill him, another bad guy, and I think a couple drivers, something like that. So uh, the death toll on their side is what, four for, for this context then in iran they hold a funeral procession and 58 people die in a stampede then they shoot down an airplane and kill another 80 of their own citizens so they've killed 130 of their own iranian citizens while we killed one of their bad guys okay just keeping the numbers straight The American dream. Is it possible? And what is the American dream? Well, a new price tag has been put on it, and it's astronomical. It's very depressing. Hey, but we'll see if we can get you one leg up. With that $1,000. Got that coming up in just a few minutes. Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, uh, Joker topped all the Oscar nominations, got 11 Academy Award nominations this morning. There were three movies that had 10 nominations apiece. The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and 1917. Cory Booker is out, decided to uh, officially suspend his presidential race. 
Uh, just suspend doesn't mean end, right? So I still have a chance with him? He's out, Blake. Oh. He's out. It means Blake's got to do the... That's not like a timeout? Love letter. Well, I mean, I guess technically it's it a weird be, way but... of saying it. It's always a campaign that's suspended, yeah. right? But it really means it's over. It's over. It's silly, though. Um, so Blake's going to do a love letter for him during our uh, Swamp Watch coming up at 1230. Hey, we got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can win. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword TAB, T A B, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's TAB to 200 200. If you win, they'll contact you by phone. Got to answer that phone to get $1,000. Otherwise, they'll move on to somebody who will pick up the phone. We have another chance an hour from now. In fact, 20 minutes after every hour from 520 in the morning with Jonesy and Wake Up Call all the way through the first hour of the Conway Show. 1000 bucks an hour here on KFI. A new poll from the Water is Wet file. This one comes to us from Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, and National Public Radio. And it found that the top percent... Top 1%, those are people who are earning at least 500 grand annually, are living dramatically different life experiences than middle and low-income Americans. Dude, can't be serious. I don't know why we do these studies. But anyway, they found that three-quarters of the top 1% of income earners in the United States think they have reached the American dream. Just three-quarters. Hmm. By contrast, if you look at the middle class, only 37% of the middle class believes they are living the dream. Well, that's still, I think that's still a significant number. Still pretty good. Um, 37%. I, I think part of it is, I, I mean, they point out the fact that this is a hazy benchmark of economic success and independence. What does it really mean? What does it mean when you say that? In fact, you asked Nick and he was talking about the idea of home ownership being one of the, one of the benchmarks for what would be considered the American dream. I also think there's a there's an entrepreneurial spirit in there as well where you produce a product that no one else does or that you've improved the product that's already out there and you make a you know your fortune on it or whatever. The gulf between the country's highest earners and everyone else is the widest it's been in nearly 50 years. That the income growth among higher earning families has far outpaced that of lower income households for decades, which has created two classes, right? The top 1% and everybody else. They say that everybody else category often struggles to pay for basics, health care, food, things like that. Yeah, three, three in 10 lower income Americans and one in 10 middle income, that, that line being um, less than $35,000 a year is considered lower income and then up to $100,000 a year is considered middle income. They say that 3 in 10 lower income, 1 in 10 middle income respondents say they've struggled to buy food in recent years. Uh, and then they also said they were more likely to say that they struggled to pay for housing than wealthier Americans. I mean, all of this stuff is the super simple basic version of, huh, how hard is it to get by? You ever struggle to pay for food or rent or something like that? And the answer is, I would imagine, all, even if you're a... Yeah. Wealthy, We've you all say there. at certain times, yeah, I've, sure. I've had to struggle. I've had to, it's been on my mind. How am I going to make rent or pay the mortgage this month? Right. They say that about 67% of low income Americans say they'd have trouble affording an emergency expense of $1,000. And that $1,000 is such a key uh, mark in terms of if you can sock away 1000 bucks and just keep it in that emergency fund. It can cover 
a huge amount of problems that crop up on a regular basis. But how many of us like to see a thousand bucks in our savings account and go, uh, you know what? I'm just going to pretend it's not there. Yeah. As opposed to. Well, especially when you need things like food. Well, even that. But, but if you say to yourself, well, it's a thousand bucks. I mean, I could I could borrow one hundred and fifty bucks for my. Yeah. For my thing for my new Bose speaker or I could I could borrow two hundred and fifty bucks and, you know, and get this. I don't know, new taillights for my car. There's whatever, no way that thing. ever happened to me when I was in my 20s you know, early 20s, moving out here or to Seattle or whatever, and you're trying to figure everything out and you're living paycheck to paycheck and all of that. Like right. There was never a time when I would just have $1,000 in my savings account. Like that's, that was completely so foreign to me because you were going paycheck to paycheck. Right. It's but like, did, where does, where is that going to come from? You, for me, I had a credit card at the time. And if there was an emergency that came yeah, up, I, I had could put an it on overdrawn a credit, card. credit card. Well, that's the other problem is, <laughs> is you and I would, I mean, and too many of the people in their twenties or who aren't necessarily financially solvent or smart or anything. That's an easy get out is, yeah. is the credit card. When in fact, that's going to cost you a whole lot more money in the oh, long totally. run. Totally. As are those check cashing places. Right. That take like, half of your paycheck when it gets there here's here's the the sliver of optimism i think that at least i find in this article is that respondents across all income groups low middle upper income they all agree that the way to get ahead is through hard work yes and each group ranked higher work said that working harder is higher than an advantage like a college degree or even knowing the right people, that working hard is going to be the key to get you out of whatever financial system, financial trouble you find yourself Just in. keep showing up. Yeah, and don't be late. Just do what you're going to say you say you're going to do. And don't call in sick. Don't call in sick because your crystals you, in the lineup. Yeah, because your crystals. Oh, my chakra Your Himalayan sore. salt lamp didn't come on last night. Mm. The weighted blanket didn't come in the mail yet. Now, listen, the weighted blanket is pretty key. I, I am all in with this new development of the weighted blanket. We, and I would like to argue yes. that you are the first one to put I this on my radar. I like to brag. I don't like to say I started a trend, but how many people now have weighted blankets and are we talking about weighted blankets? What I told my husband about my weighted blanket, my concern about it is, am I going to get addicted to this thing? Like, am I going to have to rely on my weighted blanket? I don't think so. I don't think so. Like the 49ers lose next week. Do I get out from under that thing for days? I don't know. No, but it, that's not a, that's, that's a, a dark time in your life when that's a therapeutic thing. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Taking some time. All right. Why are you saying such negative things already? I'm preparing myself psychologically. You, I still talk about Michael Crabtree twice a week. Don't you think this is a good move to make? Good point. But you don't hate him. You just dislike him. Right. We went over that. Oscar nominations when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. I hate the decision that was made on that day. KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Marianne sent us this meme on uh, Twitter. It's a picture of Yoko Ono. And it says, I broke up the Beatles. And then it's a picture side by side of Meghan Markle. And it says, hold my beer. 
That's mean. That's nah, funny. Harry could have chosen somebody else. He could have married some other non-person. He just picked somebody with with a personality, right, and an opinion. God forbid she'd be able to say something like, "You know what? I like you. I don't like all that." Well, and she certainly doesn't like playing second fiddle over there to Kate Middleton. No, you know, there's got to be something there too as well. She makes good round little babies, though. That's nice. That Archie kid's a cute kid. You see the, how the Chiefs ran out of touchdown fireworks? They no, I yes. did not see that. They had a big message on the jumbotron that's like, "Sorry, because we find the end zone too much today. We've run out of touchdown fireworks." <laughs> <laughs> what a, a turnaround. What a from, great message to have to yes, put on your scoreboard. I love it. And what a great turnaround from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. God darn, they look good. That'll be, listen, I can't imagine anybody wanting Tennessee to win anything. No, because you're depriving the country of that Chiefs Super Bowl yeah. loss to the 49ers. Okay, well, a Super Bowl appearance, we'll say that. Sure. <clears throat> oh, wait a minute. Now you're saying they are going to win. I go. Are I we going to do this for like two weeks, three weeks now? You're going to be like, oh, maybe they're going to lose horribly. <laughs> they're going to kill them. Where's the butter? Your husband is a saint. I know. <clears throat> um, all right. So this morning, early this morning, the Oscars got even whiter and maler than they have in a long time. Although a record 62 women were nominated today. Jennifer Lopez, they say in The Hollywood Reporter, was snubbed in the supporting actress category for her critically acclaimed turn in Hustlers. I love J-Lo. I love everything about her. I don't think a movie about strippers stealing money gets that critically acclaimed tag. Not in America, no. which is which is interesting. That's why she got a Golden Globe nomination. But that's Hollywood Foreign Press Association. And there's always been that disconnect. And I, I think it's entertaining, the difference between... The the Golden Globes willing to give an award to somebody like Jim Carrey for his portrayal of Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And then the Academy Awards saying, comedian? Right. At the Oscars? Uh, no. I, I, I think that's entertaining. Because, again, as we saw Ricky Gervais make fun of everybody in that damn room last Sunday night, this is a perfect example of why are we taking this so damn seriously. It really means nothing. Yeah. If you want to go look for racism, you can find it, but not at an awards show. That's not what this is. Like, we're just racing to be offended. And the awards shows are doing this more and more. Every year it gets worse. Yeah. And even even though, remember, what was it? The first time that the Oscar So White became a big issue, six, seven, eight years ago, whatever it was, and the Academy went through and they changed the way they were going to vote. They were going to solve it, right? They were going to make sure that racism never reared its ugly head in the Oscars. Oh, my gosh, there it is again. And now now today, it's more sexism than it is racism. For example, um, Joker gets 11 nominations and among them one for best director. <clears throat> well, here is, is it Isa or I think it's Isa, Isa Ray, one of the two people who was announcing the nominations this morning. These are the best director nods. For achievement in directing, the director's branch of the Academy nominates The Irishman, Martin Scorsese. I think ninth time for him. Joker, Todd Phillips. Okay. 
1917, Sam Mendes. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino. And Parasite, Bong Joon-ho. Nice. I did it. I did, did it. it. Thank you so much. Did it. Congratulations to those men. Like, like that was a tough name to get through. I don't know. What was that in reference to? <laughs> I don't know. But at the very end, she also said, congratulations to those men. Congratulations to those men. And everybody's taking that as like throwing shade at the Academy I don't think for all men. W- I don't think it that's what that It didn't sound like she could have emphasized that a lot more if that's in fact what she was doing. But yeah, I mean, listen, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, she had been nominated before and they were expecting her to be nominated again. I don't know. Are we if- at a place... And this is a question for women where you want there to be a woman up there, uh, whether it's in the boardroom where you work or the awards show, just because she's a woman. No, I think that that sets you back. You want to be up there there because you did a great job. Exactly. Because if I'm a nominated next year, I'm wondering, is it just because I'm a woman or did I do a great job with that film? That's the risk that you run by pushing the issue so much. Exactly. That that being said, can you say that there were not um, exemplary uh, works by either the actors that were there who happened to be female? Notice I didn't say actress because that's old and I am uh, of... My white male privileged position can't say things like that. <laughs> so if an actor who is a identifies as a woman uh, is not nominated, it's not that she didn't do a great job. It's that it, you have to understand. Everyone's doing a good job. The, a lot of people are doing a good job. The Academy also is subjective, uh, or I should say the Academy is also under scrutiny for all of this. It's not all of America it's a bunch of privileged people who are members of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. Just that alone should give you an idea that this is a weird, very small, privileged population that gets to make this decision. And it's not a grander uh, – well, I don't think it should be taken as a grander indictment of America. institutional racism totally. in America. I don't – I've not seen Hustlers. That's going to be a surprise to you. I could make you. it out of the trailer. I don't. I wanted to see that. I wanted to want to see that movie, and I just don't. And and Aquafina won for the farewell. She won the Golden Globe. Not my thing. She's just not my style. Does that mean I don't like her? It doesn't think that she did very well. I don't. I, don't, I, don't I loved her. I didn't see this movie, but I loved her in Crazy Rich Asians. She's hilarious. I don't think I paid attention. You didn't see that. No, one? my daughter had friends over when they were watching it, so I was in the. It's a cute movie, but yeah, not your lane. All right, coming up next, we'll get into your lane. I know you love the royal family. Oh, this has been so much fun. And all the issues. We'll Jer- put a call in. Oh, really? I don't know if we got her, but Nick hasn't it's late at me. night there, isn't it? Well, I guess it's no, 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 seven no. O'clock. She's usually better in the 10 o'clock hour. It's when we talk to her in the 1 o'clock hour that things go sideways. Gary and Shannon will continue. Like, how would that go? I just, I think that that would be a fun feature as well, where we just take the lines out of context that are said during the break, Uh and that would have been a good one. There's no way you smelled that kid's thumb. (laughs) 
we could actually explain that one. A lot of the stuff we can't explain. Well, we're talking about thumb re- replacing your thumb because of an accident or whatever with a big toe. And uh, Nick says his fiance knows somebody. I knew somebody from high school that had that done. And I said, his, his thumb smelled like a toe. Never mind. It's stupid. See, we don't need to explain it. You're That's right. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Queen <laughs> has said that she's agreed to grant Prince Harry and Meghan their wish for more independent life as they move towards Canada, getting out of the royals. Which, I don't know. I mean, listen, we in the United States have plenty of other things to worry about. And thankfully, we don't have... I know people like to say that there are political dynasties that... That look like the royal family, like the Bushes for a long Kennedys. time. The Kennedys looked like the royal family to a degree. And there's a certain um, – I guess there's a certain interest in everything that they do. And just the fact that you happen to be connected to that family means whatever you do is going to be reported on. You get a DUI. You get an award. Whatever it is. You do lines off a stripper's ass in yeah, Vegas. Everybody's got uh, everybody's got things, I guess. What the S is this? Let me read you a couple headlines. Okay. Uh, Queen Elizabeth appears before cameras amid royal family crisis. Here's another one. Buckingham Palace aid has never seen monarchy in such peril. Ah, humbug. What's going on? Uh, It's just, listen, Harry has picked a woman to live with that she has her own mind about her, perhaps, and she wants to work for her job. Who would ever dream of such a thing? Well, also, it's like... Even, like, Blake's getting married, right? And he lives at home. But, like, he's not going to get married and then move back into the family home. You don't think so, huh? Well, I don't know. The jury's still out. But I would think it would be a rare move. So why is everyone so upset about Harry wanting to move out of his grandma's house? Uh, To be honest, it's more Charles than anyone. I don't have a problem. He is going to live in, of all places, Canada. I mean, of all the places in the great British realm, he chose... Canada. And that's fine by me. Charles is the one who's very upset, which I don't understand, because Harry, as wonderful a boy as he is, isn't even in line to the throne. I mean, technically, I guess he could be, but that's if Charles and William and George all are perishing some sort of a go-karting accident. I read that Megan wants to move to L.A., which I kind of envisioned because I think that she doesn't like being overshadowed by Kate over in the U.K. because Kate is a natural UKer, um, and that Megan is going to want some of the spotlight and she's going to take the American spotlight, but that, that she's not going to move back to L.A. until the president is out of office. And that's why they're living in Canada, drinking milk out of a bag. Well, everyone has their own ideas about what politically is correct and what should happen and what shouldn't. Here's the deal. Um, I say Megan will change the world. I know that Diana and I had our differences at times. She was a lovely young woman, and God rest her soul. She changed the world for the better. And I think Megan is along those lines as well. I mean, at least she has a personality, not like Kate. She's, they both kind of struggled, uh, Diana and, and, and Megan, under the spotlight. Sure. Yeah. Not like me. Do oh, I had a wonderful time. Yeah, let's not talk about the 50s. <laughs> do you have a weighted blanket? No, but you know what I do have? Corgis. My little chipper dogs would jump upon me as I lay down in my bed. 
and they just cuddle up on top of me. Well, I guess if you needed a weighted blanket, you could just use Philip because he hasn't moved. He's hey, been dead no, weight on, for seven on, years. Wait, 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 wait. A weighted blanket is only effective if it is smooth and, and equally distributed in terms of its weight. Philip is a giant bag of bones, and I do not need bones poking into me. At least not since the late 80s. God, you're so gross and crude. What? You heard me. How this is a family you? program, Liz. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? You're out of order. This whole court's out of order. Thanks, Liz. Love you. Back. Right back at you. She doesn't seem to be even phased by all of this crap that's going on. This is minor compared to everything else that she's gone through in her life. True. She's got a grandson that wants to move to Canada. It's not like she's got a grandson that wants to move to the Falkland Islands. And listen, the thing, you know who loves this the most probably? Prince Andrew. Oh. Three weeks ago, totally. we were talking about how that guy should have been drummed out of the oh royal family. Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot. And now somebody's like, hey, wait a minute. You know, second thought, maybe I want to pull back from this royal family thing. And everybody's like, well, how dare wait, you? Wait, you wait, can't wait. Do that. I, I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. They're behind this whole thing to get Prince Andrew out of the news cycle. They're like, hey, Harry and Meghan, why don't you guys uh, consciously uncouple from this family? Go do your thing in America. And uh, let's, let's get some headlines back. It's possible. Let's take all of the the spotlight away from the pedophile in our midst and put it on you. Or as they say, pedophile. Pedophile. I kind of like I think I think I think Liz orchestrated this whole thing. It wouldn't I would not put it past her. No. I think we just did some real work. We have a, a tragic story to tell you about uh, L.A. County Sheriff's detective who was killed just after the epitome of Good Samaritan God, work. It's terrible. We'll talk about this sad story when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon. AFI AM 640 live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Jody wrote to us on Facebook at Gary and Shannon. I care more whether or not my mailman made a left or a right turn when he left for work this morning than I do about the royal family. (laughs) I totally agree more, but I can't not I can't not be interested with all of the attention that it gets. And it's amazing because part of it to me is the fascination that that part of it, the fascination that. So many people's, like, they're so invested in those yeah, people. Yeah, Tracy wrote to us, please post the most recent interview with the Queen. So. Oh, okay. I think it's 50-50 split. <laughs> uh, Cory Booker out of the presidential race. He did not qualify for last debate. He did not qualify for tomorrow's debate. He announced today that he's ending a campaign whose message of unity and love failed to gain any traction in a political era marked by chaos and anxiety. I was reading a, uh, believe it may have been a Washington Post article over the weekend that was sort of a description of the life of a candidate's partner. Yes. The, the wife or the husband or, uh, in Cory Booker's case, the girlfriend, Rosario Dawson. And it was it was a little fascinating in terms of they're all part of an odd club right now. 
We should go through that article. It is interesting. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's uh, something that I hadn't thought about. Too. But it, but it, I just mentioned that because it made you know some Rosario Dawson had some things to say about what they do as sort of the partners to the people who are actually running, and it brought back to my mind Cory Booker seems like a nice guy. You don't have to agree with what he says all the time. He just seems like one of those guys that is a nice guy. Makes yes. a point of he's positive. He's positive. He's optimistic. He um, he's one of those guys who. Whether this is from his heart or it's a political game, he's he's out on the street every day talking to people. I think he's a true believer. Like, I think he's in it for the right reasons. Good. That it wasn't just ego and all the things that led him to office. I feel I feel like he's genuinely interested in helping people, even if you disagree with where he's at politically. A very tragic story from yesterday in the Valley Village area. There's an intersection at uh, Riverside and Whitsitt. Off-duty detective. Sheriff's Detective Amber Least, 41 years old. She's off duty. She does what officers do all of the time and sees an elderly woman trying to cross the street, falls down in the crosswalk. Detective Amber Least gets out of her vehicle to go help this woman and is hit and killed by another car. It's somber. You know, we're all just still trying to make sense out of this. You know, you're here today, gone tomorrow. And to think she was doing it just by doing just that. We, Everyone jokes about this help the old lady across the street. She actually did it, and it cost her her life. Yeah, not, I mean, that wasn't while she was helping her across the street, but it was immediately after it happened. Now, the the she was the person who hit her, which I haven't seen any uh, identification on that person. Because it may have just been a horrific accident. But that person did stop and apparently tried to help the detective uh, while she was while she was down, but was pronounced dead by the time the detective was pronounced dead by the time she got to the hospital. Um, and uh, Sheriff Villanueva held a news conference last night. She was an outstanding detective who would lead by example, and she definitely led by example through her act of kindness. And we consider this an on-duty death. Uh, I've seen a couple of people who knew... Uh, Detective Least post on Facebook already and, you know, talk about the just the pain of losing somebody who is, again, in the absolute peak and 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 almost, um, I don't know, iconic version of a good Samaritan helping the old lady across the street is the last act that this detective did before she was hit and killed in this accident. She leaves behind. A 17-year-old and a 20-year-old. Two sons and her parents. One of those sons is serving in the Navy. Villanueva said that everyone at the West Hollywood Station was going to be relieved, give him a chance to process that grief. Just sudden grief. Like he said, here today, gone tomorrow. You know, you just don't know. Also have assigned a psychologist to that station as well. Uh, And that's, I mean... That intersection itself is not – it's not that it's ridiculously dangerous, is it? I can't – I mean, I've driven – how many times you drive through there? Dozens of times. Yeah. Uh, if you're not from there, you still drive in that area dozens of times perhaps. And I don't – I can't recall anything being so spectacularly dangerous about it. Uh, just that this turned out to be a horrific accident. Again, it's she was, terrible. She's only 41 years old. Yeah. Uh, 12-year veteran of the department started out in the North County Correctional Facility in Castaic. Went to the Lancaster Sheriff Station and then moved into the West Hollywood Station and then moved up the ranks from uh, from regular patrol deputy up to a detective. So just a sad Hearts sad go out to the department today for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, this is sort of a, a change of pace. And somebody warned me against this. Um, 
Somebody suggested that if we go through all the stories we're going to cover today, if there's anything that has to do with body parts or body functions, not to do it. Well, this one has a little bit of body part in it. Listen to this. Astro's punishment has been handed down. A.J. Hinch and the GM suspended for one year. Wow. Because the Astros cheated during that 2017 World Series. So what's going to happen to the Red Sox now, too? $5 million fine as well. Loss of first and second round picks. That's big. Think about the Red Sox one, though, is it couldn't have happened in the playoffs. The way right. their system worked. So, yes. But they but, can still have a regular, some sort of regular season punishment. Yeah. But uh, that's Alex Cora. That's what it looks like. Right, because Alex Cora was the bench coach. He was the in common, Houston. yeah, he yep. was the common, common manager uh, factor in both of those. Crazy. All right, coming up next. I'm, I'm sorry, you were saying somebody waved you off of this. Well, no, body they parts. just suggested if you're have if you have anything to do with body parts or body functions, don't do it. And then suggested that we include a message about prostate cancer killing more men than breast cancer kills women. Okay. So we've done that. We checked that box. Great. Okay. And body parts coming up. Yep. And a thousand bucks. Look at that. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Breaking news out of the Attorney General's office, William Barr. They're saying that last month's mass shooting at that base in Pensacola was an act of terrorism. This was the shooting carried out by a member of the Rowdy uh, Royal, excuse me, Saudi Air Force, who was enrolled at that training program there at Naval Air Station, Pensacola. Said investigators had focused on a screed posted to Twitter by the shooter expressing hatred of U.S. foreign policy toward Muslims. Three were killed that day. He was shot and killed by a sheriff's deputy. Uh, there's a little bit of a kerfuffle going on amongst Democrats right ahead of tomorrow night's uh, debate in Iowa. Bernie Sanders' feud with Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren says <clears throat> that Bernie told her a woman cannot win. And told her that just a little more than a year ago, a woman cannot win the presidency. It's true right now. Well, he says it's ludicrous that I would ever say that out loud. No, he said he was ludicrous that he would ever say that. So uh, we'll talk a little bit later as well about the big story out of the sports world. The general manager and the manager of the Houston Astros have been suspended for this next season without pay. A.J. Uh, Hinch, by the way, totally tried to separate stealing. himself from this. Oh, yeah, I know. Like, he didn't like it. He, he like, I think he got rid of one of the monitors or something or damaged it to the point where they couldn't use it. But yet, he's, he's still he's catching it. He's still Five million dollar fine. Remember that uh, assistant GM that was also caught for saying bad things to some of the reporters? Yeah. He's out. Now, he was fired already, yeah. and he doesn't currently work for a team, but he cannot work in baseball this year. I didn't year. understand that whole thing. It, it was, was for odd... the way he was talking to women. He sounded like he was an a-hole. Yeah, but you you don't get fired for being an a-hole. You know how many GMs are a-holes? 2020. I know. Or, well, I don't like it. When he was it. fired, 2019. Hey, we got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can win it. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword "coffee" C O F F E E to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's coffee to 200 200. 
If you win, they'll call you. So you got to make sure you answer the phone. It might be from a 513 area code, that call, that winning call. Otherwise, another chance an hour from now, all the way through the uh, first hour of the Conway Show. We're giving away 1000 bucks an hour, 20 minutes past the hour, right here on KFI. You're going to get all of the Bill Belichick speculation today, I bet, from down the hall. A hot take corridor down there about how A.J. Hinch gets benched for a year and Bill Belichick, like nothing happened to him for all his issues <laughs> over in New England. That's, uh, that's going to be a hot take you hear. When when Ling Ling Chang was a, a state assemblywoman, she's now in the um, she's now in the Senate. Uh, when she was a state assemblywoman, she wanted to make herself more accessible to the public. So one of the things that politicians and you know business owners do nowadays is they'll they'll give you their cell phone number. Like, hey, if you want to contact me directly, here's my cell phone number. It's like Petros, right? Kind of I mean, the Texoso text line. line, right? Right. Get right in there. I think um, you should give your cell phone number out so that you're more accessible. I did think about that when he was he was actually when Petros was referring to something that he got from somebody on the Textoso line. Yeah. I thought that would be an interesting But I guess we kind of have Twitter and all of There's that. There's other ways that people can Now there are other get a hold ways. Of us. Yeah. So that's a no on No, no, it's not a no. Okay. Not a no. So I'm just thinking about it. But in Ling Ling Cheng's case, she did hear from constituents. People did call her and talk about what was going on in her assembly district. That's not it. That's not all she got. She also got damn picks. What picks? D the D word, damn picks. Oh, got it. And she says, I was shocked. What did you think was gonna happen? It's 2020. <laughs> there are so many bad, gross things out there. You just, there are still dumb ass, brain dead idiots out there who will go, <laughs> I'll send you a picture of my Johnson. <laughs> So when I decided uh, that we would do this story right. today, it was with that in mind. <laughs> I wanted to hear from that guy. Uh, and she says, the state senator now says, it was kind of scary because I didn't know who they were or why they would want to do that. Do you know why they would want to do that? So that they could sit in their basement and go like this. <laughs> and then later on, when they're playing Minecraft with their buddies, they could go, oh, dude. <laughs> You know what I did? Uh, I uh, I sent a politician a picture of my penis. <laughs> when she talked about what happened uh, with some friends of hers, she said most of her girlfriends weren't surprised because they say the same thing happens to them. She says she's not okay with this type of sexual harassment being the new normal and called but it. But there are some women that like it. Right. Are you fighting for the rights of those women who like it? No, I just think it's being a little paternalistic. It is. It is. But she calls it a cyber flashing bill. She links into it, links it to indecent exposure. You get thrown into jail if you flash yourself in public, obviously. And she says we need to modernize the laws so that we can catch up with this kind of a thing. 53% of young women say they've received explicit images they did not ask for. That's according to a 2017 survey by Pew Research Center. 2017 was a long way ago. Um, I bet that number is a lot bigger, but it's like a numbers game for guys, right? Like for guys to just willy-nilly send you those pictures, it's had to have worked at least a handful of times. 
time out. Like a handful of times, girls have been like, hey. Right? No. Oh. How many times? You are friends with more women than I am. If you think to yourself, is there any woman in your world that you know of who would see a random, unsolicited Strangers Johnson and say, I got to get me some of that. I've heard that that was a that somebody I find that I know somebody who has met guys on the dating apps. Gotten the picture and decided to continue the com- well, the conversation because that. of that. You're saying my scenario is it's an unsolicited first time. Bing! Oh, I don't recognize this number. This is nobody. Oh my gosh! Right? I think that I don't think it works that way. I don't think it's like a strange number. I think you get like the message through the app or whatever. Well, that's if and you're that, doing it I through a dating ha- site, right. I think that's different. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Because what she's talking about, what Ling Ling Chang is talking about, is the unsolicited, I didn't ask for it, I'm not just on a dating site, text just messages. random bro gets your okay. number. all right. Uh-oh. What? What did you Well, I'm, we're doing a story about this, and my phone just <laughs> buzzed with a text message, and I'm afraid to open it right now. Come on. No, I'm not. You know who it is. I do. I mean, because the name comes up. So that's a recognizable number. Is it who I think it is? No, it's not. Oh, okay. It's It's big. It's not Chris Little. But it is somebody who works here. No, it's not that. Oh. Um, But that's funny. Is it that girl that's been texting you semi-nudes for a couple years? No, again. No. That was one time, and I don't even know who that was. And she texted Nick the same picture. Whoa, private. Sorry. You got the same one? Yeah, I did. I told you that, didn't I? Uh -uh. I got the same one that Gary got, yeah. Huh. Coincidence. Semi-nude. So she knows you too, huh? (laughs) All right, coming up next, Andrew Molenbeek is going to join us. It looks like we've got some lawsuits connected to the Conception disaster. Talk about it. Gary and Shannon will continue. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. At uh, 1230, we get into Swamp Watch, talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C. Tomorrow is we expect to see some movement on the articles of impeachment. We'll uh, go to D.C. and talk about that. Oscar nominations were announced today. Todd Phillips' Joker topped all films with 11 Academy Award nominations, but there were three movies that tied with 10 nominations, The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and 1917. And tomorrow, of course, a big Democratic debate. Everyone's uh, waiting with bated breath to yawn their way through that one. It's going to be from uh, Des Moines, Iowa. I think six people have made the stage. Tom Steyer was the last one to make the stage. I want to send you to our Instagram story to help us out with a poll question that we're kind of vacillating on whether or not we should tweet this. Okay. But on Instagram is where the poll is. Right. Uh, well, we found out today that there are four families whose relatives were killed in the conception, the dive boat fire back on Labor Day, that are now suing the vessel's owners. Andrew Mullenbeck is covering the story for us and joins us. Andrew, what do you know? Hey, this is sort of a complicated filing because it's actually a counterclaim. 
I'll walk through some of the details, but I think for most people, they might need to be reminded that this dive boat fire over Labor Day weekend wound up killing 34 people off the coast of Santa Cruz Island. But shortly after, just days after that, the boat company, which is called Truth Aquatics, filed a limited liability action. We talked about it at the time, that this is the Civil War era maritime law that can actually provide protections to boat owners, exempting them from liability if something goes wrong. And just days after that boat fire and the boat sank, this company did file that to attempt to shield them from any lawsuits such as what we're discussing today. So the first part of this counterclaim that uh, we're covering today actually targets the limited liability action so that there could be further lawsuits. And this is lawyer Bob Mongaluzzi talking about how he thought it was so distasteful how quickly this boat company filed this limited liability action. This was a heartless, callous act which inflicted further pain on these families. This actor had six months to file that claim, but chose to do it immediately. Yeah, it was just, uh, even the, he pointed out that uh, some of the bodies had yet to be recovered when this claim was filed on behalf of Truth Aquatics. So what has to happen in this counterclaim is uh, lawyers need to prove negligence to get past this limited liability action. Uh, and they say that they have a number of things that uh, they can look into, whether it's the exits to the boat, whether it's these uh, electric charging stations or ports that were used to charge cell phones and other things. But really the key thing that they're talking about is the lack of a watchman at night. Federal law requires that the owner or operator of a vessel carrying passengers at night has to have a suitable number of watchmen patrol. Uh, this has become more important over the last decade as uh, electronic devices on ships have proliferated. So, of course, the NTSB is doing its own investigation and criminal charges would be possible down the road. But again, the focus here is really kind of a two-pronged approach that they have to show negligence and they're trying to... Uh, get around this liability that Truth Aquatics is seeking, protecting itself from any lawsuits. Uh, one of the things that they're going to point to, I assume, is that there may have been these lithium-ion batteries that were charging directly above where everybody was sleeping. The assumption is that that's where the fire would have started, but that there was, right. a, there was a, a problem less than a month before the fire. Um, the, or I'm sorry, just a, less than a year before that fire, it killed everybody. There was another lithium-ion battery that caught fire as it was charging on that boat. So they knew there was a possibility that there could be problems with the charging that they were doing because they had so many things. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got a camera. Everybody's got whatever, scooters, lights, whatever they, they want to charge. And the more and more they were doing that, the more and more of a, uh, I don't know, a strain they were putting on their electrical system. Yeah, and that's what the lawyers are going to try to point to as far as negligence is concerned. A small, 
a clarification, I believe that fire, which was about a year earlier, was on one of the sister boats. Uh, Truth Aquatics owned three boats. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was actually on a sister boat that's almost the exact same. But nonetheless, that uh, lawyers did bring that up today, that they said the company should have known that lithium-ion batteries were an issue because they had such a problem about a year earlier. And so that, again, is going to be part of their case because they have to show negligence if they want to be able to file further claims against the company as it relates to these 34 deaths. Uh, Because of the confusion of this, is there going to be a case uh, a court is going to decide whether or not they can use that limitation of liability from 1851 before these lawsuits proceed? Well, that, that is part of this claim that we're covering today. It's actually going after the limited liability lawsuit that Truth Aquatics filed. So, again, two things are kind of happening at once, but this filing that we're talking about on behalf of the four people is going after the limited liability issue. And so that could open up additional lawsuits if the boat company is no longer protected from these sorts of claims. Got it. Got Does that it. make sense? Yes, yeah, you absolutely. made perfect sense out of all of that. Thank you so much. Oh, I was worried. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, thank you. You got it, guys. Andrew Mullen back there with the latest on this. Um, when we come back, we are going to do a new segment. I love a new segment in the morning. Sometimes in the world gets you down and you just want to... Smell victory. Or smell something, yes. Um, one of the things that we have decided that we've realized that we do on a regular basis... We retreat to our weighted blankets. We do. This is a, a new thing. You started the weighted blanket. Everybody laughed at me. Ball rolling. And I got one for Christmas and I haven't gotten out of, out from under it. I mean, I was close to traveling with that thing. That seems like it would be a hefty haul. But then I didn't want to look like a crazy person. But could you imagine? I know it would add weight to airlines, but could you imagine if airlines... Handed out weighted blankets. I don't want to use. I don't want to have a used weighted blanket. I know. I know. I don't want to use anybody else's blanket. No. But I'm just saying. Just the calm. People would just calm down. Like if people get too crazy on the flights, you just throw a weighted blanket on them instead of duct taping to them to their seats. <laughs> yes, I think it would make a huge difference. I think you're right. All right. From under the weighted blanket, when we return to the Gary and Shannon show. Here's a little story about my friend Hayim. Gave me a call about a hit. I said, count me in. <laughs> I've been winning with the women since I was a kid, and now I can't stop, won't stop. Just like did it, oh, oh, no, he didn't, oh, oh, yes, he did, oh, oh, always winning, now it's time for billions. Game fake, pit real, I'm ill, I'm sick, so sick, I wish them well. We turning up, turning up, we burning up, burning up, we always moving, moving further up, further up. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Following some uh, big stories today, the Queen says she has agreed to grant Prince Harry and Meghan their wish for a more independent life that's going to see them at least uh, move part-time to Canada. She said in a statement that the summit of senior royals today was constructive uh, and will be seen in season five of The Crown. That's not what she said. Uh, the Queen says there are still some issues to be resolved, but she wants it done within a few days. So, Kathy wrote to us. She says, hey, guys, I've been listening as I do every day. She's a postal car- uh, carrier. She says, on your topic of weighted blankets, are they as heavy as the V-ray cover-up they put on you at the dentist? Have a great day. Interesting question. That's why I wanted one in the first place was because of that. Right. They have different V-ray weights. V-ray or X-ray? X-ray. She wrote V-Ray, X-Ray. But, like, uh, they have different weights. Mm-hmm. 
So mine's 15 pounds. Yours is 20? I think mine's 20. And then Nick wants one that's 52 pounds. I have a 20-pounder, but I want to go up. You can. There is a limit to them. They say safety reasons. You should, probably shouldn't go above 30, depending on how big you are. Um, and you're, you're, you know, you're over six feet tall. There's nothing yeah. wrong with you having a, a probably a 30 pounder. 30 or 35 would be nice. Um, I was trapped under my 20 the other night though. Trapped? I fell asleep and I woke up and my feet were asleep and I couldn't move. That Look, being said, I love the blanket. <laughs> looks like they can be anywhere from five to 25 pounds. So it seems to be the sort rule, of an upper limit. There. Yeah. The rule of thumb for choosing the weight is it for to be about 10% of your body weight. And listen. These have been used for years now in therapeutic situations for uh, people with anxiety or people with sensory overload conditions. Maybe it's autism or Maybe Asperger's. Maybe it's the football like season. Football season is another thing. Um, dogs that get anxious, you can put a weighted vest on dogs and they'll stay calm or calmer through storms and things like that. So this morning we were talking about the show and we decided to unveil a new segment today and it's called Under the Weighted Blanket. Uh And what we'll do moving forward is anytime there's something that's troubling to talk about, something that might provoke or trigger or give us anxiety or make us feel bad, we are going to go under the weighted blanket to discuss it. And today that news item is Gwyneth Paltrow's new candle. That has sold out. The candle is $75 a pop. It has sold out within hours of its announcement. That's the part that bothers me. That it's sold out. She sat around a table at Goop headquarters over there in West L.A. somewhere. And they were... And they were... It's cozy under here, it though. It's warm, nice. too. Feels good. I, I think I can handle getting through the rest of this story underneath this weighted blanket. And if you even out the sand a little bit. A yeah, little I've got a little bit. I need more sand down around my ankles. Okay, here you go. Thank you. It's perfect. Had I told you this story without my weighted blanket on, I, I would have been angry about it. Yeah. I mean, the $75 candle that they sold out of, it does make me angry, but I don't, you can't tell. Right. I'm fine with it. The other thing is they sat around a conference table in West L.A. and passed around different scented candles. And she grabbed one and said, this smells like my vagina. <laughs> Which brings with it a geranium. Uh, a lot of questions. A citrusy bergamot. Number one. Cedar. You shouldn't smell it. It shouldn't smell. Number two. What makes you think other people want to smell that? Well, Gwenny says... Well, she was right because they sold out. The Goop website that it evolved into a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent. It's not what that is. Um, Who bought that? Who put $75 for I will, a candle? I will admit... It smells like one of Paltrow's lower parts. My wife tried to buy one. Why? Because she wanted us to put it in our office. Okay. That's a problem for a number of reasons. First of all, whenever she comes in here, she laments about the homeless encampment that our office has become. I feel like it gets better, though, because she comes in and kind of, without saying as much, Mm -hmm. lets us know that that's unhealthy. Well, and after she came in last week, we threw out two things. 
we threw out the the foam the foam anchor that we had created with a stick after you threw everything on the ground and the flamingo pinata was also thrown out and then I believe I saw Alex from the handle show walking down the hall with it from the garbage can it's not supposed to be hard to breathe under a weighted blanket right I think you're just thinking of (laughs) how heavy is this thing this is the 25-pounder because we're all under it. We need to get a bigger one. Nick, My toes I, are sticking out. I hope that's your foot. <laughs> My toe thumb. That was, from, that was earlier. All right. All right. Blake, we're going to need your help getting this thing off. <clears throat> we'll talk trending when we come back. To Gary and Shannon. Can I get a 24 one of my girlfriends is a huge Packers fan. So I was texting her. I'm like, so are we not going to talk for a week? And <laughs> Or maybe she, longer. She laughed. She said that her husband moved his Xbox into the bedroom so he could play while she watched the game yesterday in the living room. She's like, I think that's what love is. I said the very definition. Because we need to watch the games on our own sometimes. But he was playing the Xbox while she was... Yeah. I swear, I don't know how this... We're not going to survive. Like, we're one generation away from just... I don't know, fainting in the wilderness. You just don't like video games. It's not that I don't like video games. I just don't like that they take up everybody's time as much as they do. It's bothersome. And listen, I'm from a guy, like, one of the first gifts my wife gave me when we were boyfriend girlfriend, she gave me a PlayStation 2. Like, that was amazing. So what changed? You got old. I don't know. You got old, Grandpa. No, it's not that I got old. I've never played a PlayStation while wearing overalls. Did you still have your overalls at that point? We come from different places, Blake. Different times. The answer is yes. Uh, I had a child when I was your age. I know that. But you didn't answer my question. The answer is yes. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Huge news out of Major League Baseball. This is one of the most strictest penalties, I believe. Oh, yeah. This is all about the Astros stealing signs during the World Series. They've suspended manager A.J. Hinch for one year. There's a $5 million fine. The GM is also benched for a year. And the Astros are going to be forced to give up their first and second round picks in both the 2020 and 2021 drafts. And to your point earlier, you said A.J. Hinch was one of those guys who appeared to have a problem with this. Like, yeah. did not like the fact that this was going on and probably knew they're going to find out. I mean, you just um, just at the the nature of what has become Major League Baseball, where you've got... Some players that stick around for a few years and other players that are going to move on. They come through for a couple of months, maybe. Then they move on to a different team. Those people are going to be the weak point. Those people are going to be the ones who tell on you. And they did. A.J. Hinch, I think, even went so far as to destroy one of the monitors they were using. I don't know if he, if the manager is covered in sort of a collective bargaining. I don't think he, I don't think the managers are. No. So I don't know if he's got the ability to appeal a decision like this. 
but but I would imagine that he does if nobody else does. Speaking of suspensions, Cory Booker suspending his presidential campaign. He had failed to make the January primary debate. He said that they didn't have enough money, didn't have the numbers. And this is one of uh, Blake's fantasy presidential it's candidates. About the closest I'll probably ever have in my life to an I am Spartacus moment. Remember the good old days when he was Spartacus? It's too bad. You writing that you writing that letter, Blake? I said yeah, this earlier. So. I said this earlier too. I mean, agree with him or not, Cory Booker comes across to me as a true believer, like somebody who wanted to get into politics, not because of his ego or anything like that, um, or to abuse the system, but or play God. But I think he really wants to do good for people. He's, he just seems genuine like that. What do you make of the idea that the the debate stage, for example, uh, tomorrow night is going to be just like the Oscars. I mean, it's going to be just so white where you got Bernie, Elizabeth, Pete, you got Amy Klobuchar, you have um, Joe Biden and you've got Tom Steyer. I frankly don't think people are paying attention until we get out of the weeds with all of these candidates. Um, I, it, I think the appetite for tomorrow's debate is extremely low. Oh, I forgot. I, I'll try to find this for uh, for. Swamp Watch as well. Somebody wrote, somebody included a quick piece of Elizabeth Warren and Elizabeth Warren campaign stop from this weekend. And it said, I guess if you can't talk about the economy because things are going really well economically, you've got to find an issue that's worth, you know, dying for, basically. And it was about how trans women are being put in jails no. with men. No. And we've got, someone has got to stand up for that. No. Like that's, if they that's didn't the learn anything. Platform, they didn't learn anything from the gender bathrooms of 2016. How about we cover a lot of, not all, we cover a lot of those social issues with don't be a D to anyone. Right. Now let's concentrate on the big things that are going to affect a lot of people. Well, the Oscars are in the news again for being so white and so male. Yes, sir. I don't understand this best picture category and the marriage story making it in. Who wants to sit through two hours of a crumbling, dysfunctional, hellish marriage where at one point, and I only saw one clip of this movie, and I said, that's enough for me, thank you, was when the, the father or the husband says to her, every morning I wake up, I wish you were dead. Like, who hears that and is like, yeah, I'll do three hours on that. Give me more. Well, first of all, it wasn't three hours. Second of all, it was brilliantly acted. And that they're not talking about, these are not the fun movies that you'd want to go see. I want to be entertained. I want to be entertained. I don't want to go and feel like I'm going through somebody's rock bottom of their life for two hours. The Joker felt like that. Beautifully acted. But it ain't uplifting. You don't leave feeling good about the world. Well, there's none of the, well, none of these end well. Ford for Irishman, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, well, I guess that one kind of ends upbeat at least. Joker, Little Women, I haven't seen it. I don't know. Well, you saw the first one back in the overalls days? Uh, no. Oh. Did I? Was that with Gwyneth Paltrow? It was with Little Women. No, not on uh, my radar. Maybe I'm thinking of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. I mean, these are not like, oh, my gosh, I had so much fun watching Star Trek Nine, like my dad said last night. Um, Gigi Hadid has been named as a potential juror in the Harvey Weinstein trial. The the supermodel, she and her sister are, uh, are models now. 
Uh, she showed up to... 1994, Winona Ryder was in it. Oh, Winona Ryder, but yeah. also no, didn't see it. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, I went to high school with her. I know you did. Oversized men's blazer over a white shirt. She rolled into the courtroom with 119 other prospective panelists on the fifth day of jury selection. Uh, the James, Bur- uh, James Burke, the judge, said, anyone believe you know me, the defendant, or any one of the lawyers? Anyone believe you know me? She raised her hand. Oh, and got it. Anyone believe, you know, me, the defendant, or any one of the lawyers, judge calls on her, and she stands up, and she just uh, identifies herself by her real first name, Helena, Helena Hadid, and she says, I have met the the defendant. Do you think he can be fair and impartial? And she says, yes. She's not going anywhere. She's not going to be on this jury. um, No. that's... Antonio Brown continues to make the headlines. Uh, This time, he is going after his ex-girlfriend. He's got three kids with her. And apparently, she tried to steal his car in Florida. And so he threw a bag of gummy... Wieners? Wieners in in the direction of her and the children. And he said, bag of D's for the D's. Somebody, I heard somebody say, if Antonio Brown had pulled his head out of his A Mm -hmm. and played for the Patriots, they would be on their way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Do you believe that? I don't know. This is, but this is one of those guys can't get out of his own way. And you wonder, I wonder, is this an early indication that this guy has CTE? Not that every bad behavior can be blamed on that, especially when it comes to football players. But, but. erratic behavior, bad decision-making, a pattern of it, and we're all watching. It was like watching uh, Joaquin Phoenix get, get that acceptance speech. True. Where everyone's watching him, and you're like, you're watching somebody go through something, but yet here we all are just standing by and watching. Oh, I'm being told by a producer we have some breaking news. Let's go into the KFI Air Mix studio. AJ Blake. Finch and uh, general manager. AJ Finch. Hinch. Yes. Both got fired. I was going to say, there's no way he can go manage for that team again. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just bad blood. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I kind of saw that happening. Speaking of football, we'll talk about what's coming up this weekend and some of those. Uh, they weren't all great games this weekend. It was definitely not wildcard weekend, but it was still fun. Fun to watch. I liked having a little bit of a cushion at my game. Yes. That it Richard makes... Sherman interception was yeah. the one where you went like this. The one where it hit his shoulder, yeah. and then he had to. Uh, he he got so pissed off in the post game talking about how people were making excuses for how good he is. All right, we'll do that when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Also, your chance at a thousand bucks. Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Cory Booker's out. He has dropped out of the uh, race for the Democratic nomination. We'll talk about that. Tomorrow night is the next Democratic debate. Six people on stage in Iowa. That's coming up in Swamp Watch. There was a very sad story locally. An L.A. County Sheriff's detective died after she was hit by a car in Valley Village yesterday morning. The the detective, um, Amber Least, had jumped out of her car, helped an old woman across the street. Like, she stumbled in the crosswalk. And the the detective helped her across the street and was going back to her car when she was hit. 
Uh, she was pronounced dead at a, a hospital. 12-year veteran of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Well, we had zero gas fantasy foreplay winners, which was not a shock because who saw that Ravens loss coming? But before we get to that, your chance at $1,000. For your chance at 1000 bucks, text the nationwide keyword change, C-H-A-N-G-E, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's change to 200 200 and remember you have to pick up the phone if you don't when they call they'll move on and so will your money it looks like that number will start with a 513 area code listen to kfi for the winning keyword every weekday at 20 after every hour between 5 a.m and 6 20 yeah lamar alexander picked the wrong time to have the worst game or lamar jackson what did i say alexander alexander boy that's a good callback isn't it well i'm gonna make (laughs) you feel better because at least you weren't nick if you'll remember correctly, on Friday when we were picking the games, yeah. Nick had the Titans as his pick. Yeah. And then all of us were like, what are you talking about? You're a moron. <sighs> I scribbled it out and circled Ravens and like yelled at me. <laughs> yeah, well, I should have stuck with my gut. You could have you been a champion tried this to pull this. I didn't lock it in. I well, didn't I didn't lock, it, lock it, in. it in. That was the thing. It wasn't final. Tennessee, was my final answer. Tennessee beat Baltimore 28-12. to 12. Uh, The first game of the weekend was the most fun for us to watch. The uh, 49ers beating the Minnesota Vikings 27-10 to 10 up in Santa Clara. Such a good time. Um, and then yesterday's Kansas City-Houston game was unbelievable because Houston goes up by 24. They go up 24 to nothing. I'm, a, I'm in the car on the Uber on the way to the airport and watching on my phone because I had forgotten the game had started. And all of a sudden I'm on Twitter and I see that Houston's up and I go, what the hell? 14 nothing. So I tune in immediately. By the time I get there, it's what twenty one nothing, and everyone is just losing their mind over this. But it's Patrick Mahomes yeah. who will wreck a game and do it quickly <laughs> and sneakily fast. Yeah, they thought, oh, at least you know they got back on the board before the end of the half. No, they did more than that. Yeah. They took the lead right. before halftime, which at that point, tennis uh, uh, Houston never should have come out of the locker room. They were. They were done. They had one quarter. They had that one quarter, and that was it. And what a what a performance by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, they ran out of fireworks because they scored so many touchdowns. That's the greatest part of that story. Uh, and then, of course, Green Bay beat Seattle last night to uh, to move on. So the uh, Packers will play the Forty ers in San Francisco slash Santa Clara. And uh, Tennessee will be on the road to take on Kansas City. The 9-7 and seven Tennessee Titans are in the freaking AFC championship game. That blows my mind. They went into Patriots land, punched them in the throat. Yeah. Then Took they, out Lamar Then they Jackson. go to the, which widely regarded as the best team this year yeah. in, in Baltimore. And if not, if not the best team, definitely the best player. Lamar Jackson yeah. still... Yeah should be considered your MVP for the they season. They got away from their identity. They got away from it. They, he, I think he threw the ball 59 times or something like that. Like, they needed to run the ball. Um, my wife invited people over for Sunday's games. Oh, really? Yeah. That's nice. It is very nice, but it was totally unexpected. I mean, not that I don't mind, but I was like, who yeah. are you? Well, why not? We're getting into it. I guess. She's gearing up for, for Super Bowl. Or that game. Should I say that? That game. I mean, your daughter's going to be headed off to college, and I'm going to get your wife addicted to football. (laughs) 
and we're going to travel together. We're going to see some cities. Uh, you mentioned that you had some a, bad decisions. You had a friend whose husband took the Xbox into the other room so she could watch the Packers play In last peace. night. Yeah. Uh, Aaron wrote, called me out on this because I said, I'm uncomfortable with that. Aaron, uh, Aaron said, Gary, colon, I can't believe people spend as much time as they do playing video games. Also, Gary, I totally binge watched three series this weekend and plan on more. True. Which, okay. I mean, I didn't. And I that's not me. I think I get a little antsy after two hours on the couch. I get like, that's my limit unless it's a football game. But even then I have to stand up and walk around. Yeah. But okay, you're right. I get it. I understand. I don't have a good justification for it. Yeah. That's fine. All right, we'll talk Swamp Watch when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. I'm going to go play some video games. I've been staring at a road. Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. U.S. officials say that their troops were informed of an imminent attack hours before that barrage of Iranian ballistic missiles struck that air base in Iraq that hosts American forces. One U.S. Army officer describing today on giving the order for American troops air base to go on lockdown and later into bunkers before the missiles started slamming into the area. Some big news in the uh, sports world. The manager and general manager of the Houston Astros were suspended by the league for a year for uh, stealing signs. And then it turned out that the owner of the Astros fired them both. Said, you're never going to work here again. Um, So that's a a big deal. The team itself fined $5 million. They're losing draft picks as well. Locally, the family of the lone crew member who died with 33 passengers on the conception boat is suing the owners of the vessel. 26-year-old Allie Kurtz uh, was her name, and they filed suit against the owner of the Conception in federal court today. Well, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about when it comes to Washington, D.C. That's where we're going to start Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. A new week, a new chapter when it comes to where are we on the articles of impeachment headed to the Senate. Mona Kosar-Abdi is joining us live from Washington, D.C. with the latest on all of this. Mona, where do we stand today? So right now, it seems that it is still expected that uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi could be sending the articles to the Senate as late uh, as Thursday. Um, and that could mean that over the weekend, uh, senators could start working on impeachment. But again, this is still up in the air. The House Speaker didn't give a definitive timeline uh, through this process. But right now, it seems tentative that uh, by next week, we could uh, start the trial. Why was Tuesday in my mind? I feel like there was some sort of meeting or something, or they were expected to to, to happen tomorrow for for some reason that Tuesday I had was a date I had stuck in my head but it looks like it's going to take longer than that huh so she, uh, when she made the announcement last week, uh, the end of last week, she did say that uh, she has gone ahead and designated that um, the House managers uh, would be selected and appointed, um, and that it are those members that would act as uh, the prosecutors and uh, present the case. And so she is, uh, maybe that is what it was being referred to, is that um, this is the groundwork they're laying in order to go ahead, and that is necessary to uh, send the articles of impeachment over. 
All right. So if she starts in the Judiciary Committee, does this have to be voted on by the full House before the Senate gets it? Uh, I believe so. Right now, it's just up to Democrats to go ahead and appoint their uh, House managers. And once that process is done, then they can go ahead and um, uh, once that resolution is voted on, um, and I believe that is the resolution that's voted on by the full House, then it goes to uh, the Pelosi sending over the articles of impeachment. Um, and then it's back to square one, because right now, if you remember, Pelosi held on to those articles for so long because she was using it as leverage to uh, pressure Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to um, include witnesses and documents, particularly from those uh, White House officials that the president blocked from uh from testifying in the House investigation, uh, but there was no commitment from McConnell, and it doesn't seem that uh, he's likely to commit to anything um, along the lines of what Democrats have been requesting uh, before the trial begins. Yeah, opening the Senate today, he said that uh, Pelosi never had any leverage to dictate what the procedures would be in the Senate, and that uh, that she finally gave in, I believe were his words, and then he called the House impeachment case rushed, weak, and incomplete, and it's no shock to anyone that this thing's just going to die in the Senate. I and mean, there's, there's just no way that. Right. Yeah. It's there's next to no chance that um, the president would be removed from office. But uh, again, it brings impeachment in the forefront. You have the 2020 campaign heating up um, and it just brings the conversation from, uh, you know, it's dominated by Iran. And now it's going to go back to impeachment once the Senate trial begins. Um, but McConnell has been phrasing it that way. He says that uh, she never had any leverage. He also says that this just proves that the House didn't even have a strong case to begin with um, to go and impeach the president. But uh, again, it does seem that he he did say that he would be open to discussing witnesses after the trial began, uh, referring to it as a Clinton model, of course, um, referring to uh, President Clinton's 1999 impeachment, where uh, they later decided after opening statements and questions that uh, they would have witnesses testify. All right, Mona, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Mona Kozar Abdi there in uh, Washington, D.C. One of the uh, the things over in the Senate side of this is that uh, there's some thought that Chuck Schumer would try to use this impeachment, knowing that overall it's a losing effort, that the, the chances that they would get some sort of a conviction in the Senate are almost nothing, that he would use the votes that he has uh, to his uh, at his disposal, I suppose, to put a light on those Republicans who may be in purplish states whose seats might, in fact, be threatened if they blindly support the president or if they blindly support the Republican angle on all of this. Um, they did a poll from Heart Research, I guess, that found that voters in Arizona, Colorado, Maine and North Carolina specifically, 63 percent of them said they would react unfavorably if their senator voted against calling witnesses or subpoenaing documents during the Senate impeachment trial, which is a very high number. And I'm not even sure if those are the places uh, where the senators are sitting that would be threatened by all of this. But it looks like Chuck Schumer is going to try to get some of these people on the record so that come November, they'll be able to say, yeah, well, you voted against the witnesses things in the impeachment trial. That really didn't matter. Well, we are down another Democratic presidential hopeful for 2020. You'll hear Blake's goodbye letter to Cory Booker. Also, it looks like the Democratic race wide open in Iowa as we approach those caucuses. Gary and Shannon will continue with Swamp Watch.
Hey, did you guys hear that story about the girl up in Northern California who had a sign, a handmade sign in her mom's car? said, help me. She's not my mom. Help. Uh, If you were driving on Highway 99 south of Elk Grove over the weekend, you saw this. There were some people who called 911, CHP, canine, performed a high-risk stop on this vehicle near 8 Mile Road in Stockton. Not not that 8 Mile Road, but the one in Stockton. So we're going to talk about it coming up the next hour. Like, has your kid ever done something like that that got you into trouble? Or did you ever do something like that? Or you think it's funny, but it's getting law enforcement involved or something? I do have a story about that. Yeah. You did something similar. No, no. Well, yes, I did when I was in seventh or eighth grade or something like that. I rolled down the window and said, she's not my mom. That wasn't very funny. She didn't think it was as funny as I did. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get pulled over. But I have a different, I have another story. Son got involved in some. Oh, okay. I don't know if I should say that one yet. I have to wait a couple of months. I think I have to wait a couple of months until my daughter is out of the high school. How's that? Can I do that? Sure. Okay. But uh, put that on the calendar. We'll we'll do that in June sometime. All right. Um, We're in the middle of Swamp Watch talking about what's going on in Washington, D.C. And uh, Elizabeth Warren and uh, Bernie Sanders are going after each other. She is upset. She said that Bernie Sanders is turning uh, needs to turn his campaign in a different direction because he has reportedly been providing talking points to volunteers that point Elizabeth that paint Elizabeth Warren as the candidate of elites she says i was disappointed to hear that bernie is sending his volunteers out to trash me bernie knows me and has known me for a long time he knows who i am where i come from what i've worked on we've had sex and whoa whoa grassroots- whoa, whoa, whoa whoa what they what oh I didn't say that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Democrats want to win in 2020. We all saw the impact of factionalism in 2016, and we can't have a repeat of that. We need to unite our party. And she's right. The Democrats look like buffoons because they're still splintered this late in the game. Um, These and there was a discussion where she, Elizabeth Warren, is now saying that Bernie Sanders told her in 2018, a woman will not be president. Like a woman, a woman cannot win the presidency. I wonder what those conversations were like. You know, it's like, who should we get behind? Who should we rally our grassroots campaigns behind? And and Bernie's like, well, I'm the strongest candidate. And she's like, well, I believe in Wall Street. And right. I think I could get more of the moderate people. And he says to her, well, a woman's not going to win. And it's not fighting words. It's just being honest. Yeah. Right I, now, this country is still not going to vote for a woman like Elizabeth Warren. What I love is that there's still and we saw this in the Republican Party, too. It's not this is there's not just Democrats that do this. but Republicans were doing the same thing four years ago. Um, they're they're all pointing to each other and go, well, pff, you, you know, oh, it's cute that you're running and all Jill Biden. Jill Biden was the one who got caught doing this. She was at a town hall meeting in Iowa and she said, you know, I know we have some great Democrats running, but let them be the secretaries of whatever and kind of this throwaway line. Right. What else would I expect the wife of a candidate to say? Yeah. That's exactly what I want her. I want her to be the one who says, yeah, my husband's the one who's going to do it. Of course, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Why is that even a headline? Well, Cory Booker has decided that he is out. The senator from New Jersey has decided that after some bad polling and uh, lack of fundraising, he's going to... uh, it's going to bounce. No longer going to use this as his Spartacus moment anymore. This is about the closest I'll probably ever have in my life to an I am Spartacus moment. Well, that means that 
back in June when we chose our presidential election fantasy league teams, uh, Blake chose the New Jersey senator. I would say. Oh, New Jersey? Yes. Oh, okay. Where did you think he was from? Didn't know. No, I didn't know. I was just from something. So uh, punishment once our candidate drops out is we have to write a love letter to them. So Blake. Writing a letter to Corey is never a punishment, first off. Okay. Save it for the letter. (laughs) Blake, take it away. Hey, Corey. I'm going to miss you, man. You really do seem like a nice guy. But when you're not yelling, sometimes you get really loud and angry-like. You don't seem so nice then. Maybe you should try doing that less. I don't know. I've never ran for an elected office. And uh, Gary and Shannon told me that when you said you, quote-unquote, suspended your campaign, you actually mean that you ended it? What's up with that? It's fine if you're bowing out, but at least be straight up. Our presidential election fantasy league doesn't have a DL or an IR so I kind of just have to hold on to you and hope you come back. Don't tell Bernie, but I'm not so sure he's going to get the job done, so I kind of need all hands on deck. But uh, anyways, uh, if you don't come back, it's all right. Go rest up. Make a run at 2024. Go get him. But nicely. Go get him nicely. Life advice. Love. Oh, yeah. Love, Blake. <laughs> Very good, Blakey. Yeah, you, you did well. You always do well on these for some reason. You didn't mention his eye. What eye? He's got a bit of a lazy Gary's eye. Gary's lazy eye? Well, no, Corey's lazy eye. Not Gary's, sorry. Gary's isn't that bad yet. You guys, I just... It's a sponsor that literally oh, just... Oh, sorry. Good <laughs> <laughs> call. You Your eye looks great. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Beautiful. You know what? I think I, I, they're I, I, bluer. I thought it was the other one. I, I thought it was the inoperable eye. I think they're Stop bluer. It. I thought it was your inoperable eye. Look out, Bradley. He looks taller today. He is taller today. Is it in? Make the joke. Tomorrow is the seventh debate between the Democratic candidates, and thank God it's not all of them. We have Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, and now Tom Steyer, I believe, who is qualified for the debate. The good news is, if you're keeping score, this debate tomorrow night at Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, is only scheduled to be two hours long. Mm. Coming up next, the Oscars are out, and people are in a race to be offended. We'll tell you about all the nods and the snubs. Snubs! And all the stuff nobody really cares about in real life. But we do, which is why we're going to spend a couple minutes talking about it. <laughs> On Gary and Shannon. I'm talking about that good I'm getting super excited about these stories. People are already writing in stories about things that they did when they were a kid or their siblings did or their kids did. They got mom and dad in trouble. That got people in trouble, and they're so good. We're basing this on this story. We'll talk more about it in a few minutes, but a young girl who Saturday night held up a sign as her parents or mom were driving down Highway 99 up in Northern California, and the sign says, help me, she's not my mom, help. (laughs) So... Needless to say, the people called the CHP. CHP did a stop, and um, well, everything was fine. But it's she was still, just joking around. But yeah, that's still a high risk stop, and mom probably 
Peter Pants. The kid's probably grounded for life. Oh, I would imagine. So <laughs> we'll be uh, true. taking some calls coming up in a little bit about your stories. Um, we've been following a bunch of stories that are going on. Uh, Cory Booker is out of the race for the uh, presidential nomination for uh, for the Democrats. And Queen Elizabeth II has agreed to grant Prince Harry and Meghan their wish for a more independent life. Here's an interesting thing, and I didn't realize this. In the letter that she wrote, which was the statement that the Queen uh, put out, she did not refer to them as the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Oh, are they stripped of their titles? Is there a stripping? Is there a public stripping? It's not, an official stripping? It's not clear, but mm. it might. that might be an indication that— uh, well, That would make sense. If they're going to step back, right? That's a that's an honorary title. I mean, and I, guess, I, I, mean, I would like to say that we will continue to carry that carry that torch. What that we could be named the Duke and Duchess? Yeah, I don't think that works that way. But you know, I think we're throwing out rules left and right. So why not? Making it up as we go. This morning, uh, just over the hill in Hollywood, uh, the. Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences came out with its nominations. For Oscars, Joker leads the way with 11 nominations. Oh, such a feel-good movie. Uh, one of the few days that Jason Nathanson has to get up early uh, and watch all of this. Nat did just that, right, Jace? One of the few days. Well, you don't have what to get up you, every what are, what are Monday at 5 o'clock. Are you saying I'm lazy? I mean, yeah, I mean, every Friday I have to get up at 5 o'clock, so and it's, uh, life's not easy for me. Uh, you'd think I just... Sit in hot tubs and cover entertainment and eat yep. shrimp all day. Yep. Pinch my nipples and look into my eyes. <laughs> well, there's that. All right. Uh, did I say did I say that at some point? Yes. Wait, wait. You, you said think, you think Blake made that up somehow? I do. I think they had that voice thing that you could just take your voice and What were you talking say? about your have, nipples for? I have no idea. That's weird. That's scary. Anyway, All yeah, of the above. <laughs> Oscar nominations came out today. Yes. <laughs> if you want to talk about that. Uh, Joker does lead with 11 nominations, which is very interesting because when the movie came out and it came out, it's one of the it's the second earliest uh, to come out of the Best Picture nominations. So it came out in October. The only movie that came out before that was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which came out in August. And when it came out, it was divisive. I mean, people were not really happy with the violence and the themes of it and thought, you know, are Academy voters really going to go? for something like this, and it turns out they did in a big way with 11 nominations, including Best Picture, Best Director for Todd Phillips, and Best Actor for Joaquin Phoenix. So I don't know that it necessarily makes it the favorite, because just because you have the most nominations doesn't mean that you're necessarily the favorite to win, but it means they overall liked that work, and they liked all the various parts of it. One of the things that I enjoy, I mentioned this earlier today, that I find entertaining is the sort of um, manufactured uh, dilemma that Hollywood goes through where someone can win a Golden Globe or at least be nominated for a Golden Globe, and then they're left off the nomination list at all for the Academy Awards. One of them happens to be Aquafina for The Farewell. She won. She won the Golden Globe. She yep. wasn't even nominated for an Oscar. Well, I mean, they're different voting bodies, completely different voting bodies. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association is made up of 87 or so journalists, 
uh, who, you know, cover Hollywood and get wined and dined, you know, kind of like I do. Uh, and the, the Oscars are voted on by people who actually work in the industry, actors, editors, directors, writers, you know, every branch is, is covered. So these are the people who actually make the movie, and there's thousands of them. So it, it, there's, there's no way you're going to have any kind of consensus. Um, but Aquafina's name is one of those that a lot of people feel was left off if you're looking at all the acting nominations. Of the 20 acting nominations, 19 of them went to white people. One of them, Cynthia Erivo, went to a person of color. She was in Harriet. Uh, and Aquafina's name is one of those that a lot of people have mentioned that probably should have gotten in there if you're looking to diversify, if you're looking for more people of color. But not just that. If you're looking for some of the best performances of the year, uh, her name has been mentioned a lot, and a lot of people felt that she deserved to be in that category. Um, I just don't know where we're going when we're trying to look at the uh, award nominations and see a representation of United Nations or whatever. When you know you got to have a woman in there, you got. I just think it's dangerous because then, like, what happens next year if somebody who's a woman or somebody of color is is nominated, and then you're always going to think in your head, like, well, is it only because I'm a woman that I'm here because of all the heat last year that 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 was put on the Oscars? I agree that you don't want to make some kind of, I don't know, affirmative action thing, or you have people feel that they shouldn't, if they got in there, they didn't get in there for the right reasons. But when you drill down into it, and you look at things like in the best director category, right? You had five nominees, all men. You go, okay, well, did a woman make a movie that was worthwhile? Sure, Greta Gerwig made Little Women. A lot of people said that she should have deserved that. Well, it's not just this year, though. So that's two years in a row now that we haven't had a woman that was in there. But if you drill down deeper... It's been nine of the last 10 years that there hasn't been a woman nominated. So in the past 50 nominations in that category, there's only been one woman nominated. And then if you look at the whole totality of the 92 years that we've had the Oscars, only five women have been nominated in 92 years. When you look at that, and women make up half the population, you've got to think that something might be a little off. Something well, yeah, might but be they don't make broken. up half the population of the directors that have worked on movies. You know, what's, the, why, per- and, what's the percentage? Well, and, and so people would look into, well, why is that? Is yeah. it because women don't want to direct? No. I think there's plenty of women out there who want to direct. Have they been given the chance? Have, has the industry had systemic problems? That, that's all the things that people are looking at as we have these conversations now. So, yes, you're right. They're, they're, I, I think you don't want to say, well, this person should have got in, but that person shouldn't have gone in and have it be based on color or gender. But when you look at the totality of it, I think it, it, it speaks to something that there might be a little bit of a problem with the stories that we're telling and the stories that we're looking at. I mean, look at the top, the, the nine films nominated for Best Picture, right? Ford versus Ferrari, about white guys. Irishman, about white guys. Jojo Rabbit, Nazi white guys. Little Women, about white women. Marriage Story, white divorce. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, white people. Parasite, that's the only one that's not about white people. 1917, white World War One. Joker, white comic book villain. So when you look at all those films as a totality, you think, well, maybe there's other stories out there that we should be looking at. Maybe there's other stories we should be telling. Is there, uh, in terms of the awards ceremonies that we talk about, is there one that's a better judgment, perhaps, of society as a whole celebrating whatever is the best picture, whoever did the best job acting, or at least our opinion of it? And 
I, I mean, I know there is something called the People's Choice Awards, but is that the best version of this awards? Mm, not really necessarily. This is all – I mean, a lot of it's a popularity contest. A lot of it is about campaigning, and it's not – so if you have a good film – I mean, there's plenty of good films out there that I think that deserve to get in there that didn't get in there. Uh, look at films like The Farewell or Hustlers or Booksmart or Bombshell or Just Mercy. I mean, there's, there's a ton of them out there, and it's not necessarily that they weren't good enough to get in. Was their campaign good enough? Did they get – did the right people see it? Um, and that's what these – awards are necessarily about because I can tell you everybody who voted on the Oscar nominations today they didn't see all the films you you can't possibly see all the films there's not there's not really enough time if you're somebody who's actually working you can't see all the films so there's nothing that's really more representative than the other. It's mostly about popularity, I think, at this point. Jason Nathanson, great job. Well said. Appreciate your time and get back to your hot tubbing with your shrimp and and whatever it was you were and, saying about your nipples. And my nipples, of course. Mm-hmm. Definitely my nipples. Yeah. Yep. One's got to get a hold on that guy. Jay, thank you. Take care. Jason Nathanson, <laughs> the latest on the Academy Awards. Uh, nominations. Do you think any other show asks him about his nipples? Sure hope so. Pinch my nipples and look into my eyes. Yeah, again, I just can't wrap my head around what context context. that would be. Hmm. (gasps) I know exactly what it was. Okay. It was one of those guys that was doing things, one of those guys in Hollywood that was doing things to these young actresses. He wouldn't make a joke about that. No, he was... He was reading what the guy said. Oh. It wasn't a joke. Yeah, it wasn't a joke. Oh. Blake turned it into it's a joke. It's out of context. It's, it's totally fine. out of context. Until you guys say, well, you say everything wow. it is. Oh, you're right. Maybe we shouldn't have put it in context. Yeah. It was funny. Now it's not funny. Now we're going to have to wait a long funny. time before we play it again. Yep. That's right. Who was into that? I don't know. All right. Thousand bucks to give away. We'll tell you how you can win it just coming up in a little bit. Live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Attorney General William Barr says the U.S. is removing nearly two dozen Saudi military students from a training program, sending them back to Saudi Arabia. This comes after an investigation into that deadly shooting by a Saudi aviation student in Pensacola last month. Barr says many of those students had contact with child porn and possessed jihadist or anti-American material. None of them, they say, is accused of having advanced knowledge of that shooting. An estimated tens of thousands of people have taken to the streets in Iran once again, not because of the uh, the fake um, crying over General Soleimani's death, but in this case, they're upset that the Iranian government lied to them for several days about the shootdown of that Ukrainian jetliner. The government did finally come out and say they did it unintentionally. There are online videos that now show security forces firing Live ammo and tear gas to disperse some of these protests against the government in the streets. Uh, we got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can win it. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword cash, C A S H, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's cash to 200 200. If you win, they'll contact you by phone, but you have to answer the phone to pick up $1,000. Otherwise, they'll move on to somebody who will pick up that phone. Probably, just a side note, 
probably from a 513 area code. So listen, KFI AM 640 for the winning keyword every weekday, 20 minutes past the hour between 520 in the morning and 620 at night. Well, it looks like there were some alarmed drivers up in Northern California on Saturday evening when they saw a little girl holding up a handmade sign inside a vehicle that read, help me, she's not my mom, help. This was just south of Elk Grove on Highway 99. Um, it, the, the Highway Patrol tweeted this out under the heading, things that make you say, hmm which would be a wonderful throwback to the early 90s. Uh, <laughs> and their their tweet says, At approximately 5.02, our officers received a call of a vehicle traveling southbound 99 at Dillard with a female juvenile in the backseat holding up a piece of paper asking for help. Two of our motor officers responded, as well as a canine unit from CHP Valley Division, located that vehicle on State Route 99 at 8 Mile Road in Stockton. They did a high-risk enforcement stop. You ever been the subject of one of those? Yes. That'll make you poop. Yes. I, ha- I had a warrant out for my arrest that I didn't know about. And I was pulled over <laughs> in West Hollywood, and it was all hands on deck. Uh, I was a potential suspect in a domestic violence situation when I was uh, also You were? Over. Yeah. I mean, they. I my car was seen leaving the scene, which wasn't my car. I was nowhere near where they said I was, but my car matched the description. I see. Um, yes, that will quickly. You talk about a weight loss regimen. Oh, yeah. Uh, high risk enforcement stop was made on the vehicle and the assistance of CHP Stockton personnel. The vehicle immediately yielded to the right shoulder of the freeway. Driver contacted, determined that the juvenile had made it all up and thought it was a fun thing to do. Hold that sign up that says, help me, she's not my mom. We're already getting some stories. My buddy Scott texted uh, that they were crossing the border from Canada into the United States. The officer was suspicious of my daughter because when I was in the Navy, she was born in Spain while we were stationed there. He said when the officer asked my then six-year-old son if this was his sister, he said, I've never seen her before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's so wrong but very funny so good so good <laughs> right? and then um let's see daniel wrote to us on facebook gary and shannon when i was little my friend and i were at the public city pool and hatched a brilliant idea to scare the crap out of the lifeguard i held my friend in my arms while he pretended to be dead and carried him over to the lifeguard tower and oh, told the geez. lifeguard i found him floating in the pool <laughs> <laughs> and then I breathed life back into him, and it was a miracle. <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? Is your have you? Did you ever do this as a kid? Perhaps. I mean, I did. I I remember yell. I remember the vehicle that we were in and everything. We're, we're driving away from my junior high school. My mother had picked me up for some appointment or whatever, and I remember yelling out the window, "She's not my mom!" And then slinking down in the seat so nobody could see me. Man, she was not happy. She just, she lacked a sense of humor about that whole situation. I couldn't imagine what her response would be. <laughs> She's not into nonsense. No. Um, but has this ever happened to you? We'd love to hear your story. If you've ever done that and gotten your parents in trouble or your sister arrested by Border Patrol That's or so something good. like that, or maybe your kids did this to you and you had to answer some uncomfortable questions about how do you prove that that is in fact your child in the back seat. Let us know. 800-520-1534. 800-520-1KFI. 
your kids ever gotten you in trouble with the police? Gary and Shannon. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We'll get back to our stories about things that uh, kids have done to get you in trouble here in just a moment. But uh, there was a very sad local story to tell you about. There was an off-duty L.A. County Sheriff's detective who was hit and killed by a car in Valley Village yesterday. And to add to the uh, just the horrible nature of this story, she had just jumped out of her car... To help an old woman across the street, this detective Amber Least, 41-year-old, 12-year veteran of the department assigned to the West Hollywood station, had just helped a woman across the street and was going back to her car when she was hit and uh, pronounced dead at the hospital yesterday morning. Well, we're talking about the story out of Northern California, this little girl who had a sign, a handmade sign that she said, help me, she's not my mom, help, that she was uh, riding around in her mom's car with. Michael wrote to us on Facebook at Gary and Shannon said, my son was at school, went to the nurse's office, said he had a headache, and she asked if he hit his head, and all he told her was, no, my dad punched me in the head. Oh, boy. This is an hour later, the cops and CPS were at my house. Oh, that's a... And how do you get out of that? I don't know. 1-800-520-1534. 800-5201-KFI is the number. Chris is calling. Chris, what's your story? Uh, this is back like 1970. We moved into rural El Toro at the time, which is now Lake Forest in Orange County. And my brother and I had a friend that visited from Anaheim from where we moved. And we finally talked my dad into uh, letting us ride in the trunk of the car. So he's tooling down to the store, and we get to the store. Hold on. Wait, wait, hold on my a brother's- wait. <laughs> you convinced you convinced your dad to let you ride in the trunk. In in the trunk. Well, okay. there were multiple requests that we made. <laughs> and because my brother's friend was down from Anaheim, I think he finally capitulated that okay. this would be a good time to do it. And uh, so he, we climbed in the trunk. It was a, like a 1967 Caprice or something. We get to the store, and and because it was rural back then, you know, we kind of ran free and uh, kind of raced ourselves. And, boy, the minute my dad gets out of the car, and, you know, maybe 15 seconds later, my brother and his starts banging on the roof going, uh, the trunk going, help, 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 help. And about a minute later, um, we hear voices, and, and my brother begins to tell him that we've been kidnapped. And the guy starts to question us, and then, I don't know, a few minutes later, we hear this commotion and a guy going, yeah, he, these kids have been kidnapped, they've been kidnapped. And the weirdest thing of all was there was no cell phones back then, and I don't know how they found a cop so fast by some fluke thing. And eventually the trunk opens up, and I could hear the other gentleman that was out there. Anyway, it turns out he was a pretty big guy, and my dad wasn't that big. And they were arguing, and my dad's going, it's my kids, it's my kids. Opens up, and there's a cop staring at us as three heads poke out of the (laughs) trunk. 
And then uh, my dad gets kind of read the riot act about it's not safe having children in the trunk. Right. And uh, off we went, sitting in the back of the car this time. Oh, that's, oh, that's great. too bad. Thanks All right, for the call. Chris, thank you for that. What's funny, uh, they didn't have seatbelts back then No, in most of the cars, so probably wouldn't be too unsafe. Lance is calling as well. Hey, Lance, what's going on? Hello, Gary. How you doing? Shannon, you guys are awesome. Thank Thanks, you. man. So uh, my story is my grandma, is, well, she passed away, but she's a, she was an older Lithuanian lady, and she loved to do her gardening. And my uncles would smoke, my uncles would smoke a lot of pot back then, and, you know, this was 30-something uh, years ago, so it was not legal. And this is down in Fallbrook, California. And so they would throw their seeds just anywhere, you know, out in the yard, in her yard, not thinking that any of them would actually take, but... One of them took, and it was actually outside of the fence, you know, more of like the public land, but still her ga- part of her garden. And it took and it turned into this giant marijuana bush, and, and she didn't know it. You know, she didn't know it was a marijuana plant. So she one day in broad daylight, she was gardening and, and, and watering this marijuana plant, and the police were called on the neighbors for some reason. And, and the police show up and see my, my old grandma, you know, watering with a hose, the giant weed plant. And they go over there and they say, what the heck are you doing, lady? You know, that's illegal. You can't do that. And they and they rip it out of the ground right in front of her. And she said, what the hell? You know, she, she's beside herself. She's all upset and, and speak, speaking in Lithuanian and, you know, what the heck are you doing? And, you know, partial English, partial Lithuanian and, and saying, you know, that's my beautiful plant. What are you doing? And they're trying to explain to her that it's illegal and all this stuff. And uh, and I, I don't know what happened of that, of that. My uncle's got in trouble or not, but that's the, the story in the family. <laughs> that's great. Thanks. My parents had a pot plant in the backyard. Uh, and then took it out when we started, you know, becoming aware, uh, big enough to walk down there and say, what's this? That smells funny, Mom. Uh, Jim is calling. Hey, Jim. Hey. So I'm one of the guys that almost paid the price for all these jolly jokes. (laughs) Uh, So I was in junior high about, and uh, they had free samples at a grocery store of sausage, and I was there with my buddy, and we took these samples. And then I was choking, and I couldn't breathe. And my friend, of course, junior high, Heimlich maneuver looks embarrassing. He wouldn't help me. And the adult who gave the sausage thought we were kidding because of all these kinds of jokes. So she was just kind of laughing at us, but it was the real deal. And the only reason I didn't pass out was because I reached in, and which is dangerous, but I reached in and actually managed to get get it out of there. You reached in with your hand into your own mouth and got that sausage out of your throat? Yes. Because there was a little, like, there was a, it felt like a flap, and there was a piece of the sausage that was flat that was that was that I could get my hands on. I don't need too much. I know, yeah, no, no, I, 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 listen, oh. I'm a sausage fan, and I don't know if oh. I want to hear any more details. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Okay. It ended well. That's all I can. That, that's the good news. Well, that's great. Uh, and then one more. Gary is calling. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Hi, guys. Thanks a lot. Um, so I've been living with this story since I was. About five or six years old. Oh, well, let it out a... then. Let it out. <laughs> well, I'm, I've been listening to it forever. So my parents had a business partner. They had a small business in Southern California back in the day, and, and their business partner used to come over all the time and have dinner, and my mom would make – she was a wonderful cook, and she would always make dinner. And um, and then when they would leave, because they never reciprocated, my, my mom would always say, I'm so sick of those people coming over here and – 
they're freeloaders and why don't they ever make dinner? And uh, one night after after dinner, it was you know probably a weeknight, and they were they had their dinner and they went to leave. And I go running out the door behind them and said, "My mom's sick of you guys freeloading, and you never she doesn't want you ever coming here again." <laughs> oh no! And, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know if that business kept going after that. Oh, but well. I've never heard the, the story. I'll tell you that. That's yeah, but funny. You never have to get her another Mother's Day card. You stuck up for her when you were six years old. That's classic. That's true. Yeah, it was kind of a, you know, little kids say the darndest things, right? You got to be careful what you say around them. You know, it, it might get repeated. So there you go. Love your name, by the way. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. <laughs> what? That's all. That's all? Yeah, you don't see a lot of guys named Gary. And they're stand-up guys. Yeah. All right. Even when they're five. We'll do more when we come back. I don't know what of, but we'll figure it out. Gary and Shannon will continue. Yeah, trying to find out who I am. And I know you in my game. You love to scream my name. And I know you hate the fact I'm only in time for a day. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Thanks for those great stories. Most of them were good stories. Some of them were a little odd. But I have, um, I have a couple more. Yeah. Let's see. This uh, is uh, this is kids who get their parents in trouble, and it's because there was a, a little girl in the back of a car on Highway 99 up in Northern California on Saturday who held up a sign out the back window that said, uh, help, she's, help me, she's not my mom. Uh, CHP did a full high-risk stop on the whole thing. Uh, it turned out it was just mom. She didn't know what was going on in backseat. My niece did this to her parents when they were traveling through an international airport. That's and not... I don't. I still don't remember how they got out of that, but it wasn't good. Uh, let's see. Melissa wrote to us. She said, our neighbor's son told the Avon lady that his mom. Okay, so back in the day, people would come to your door and they would try to sell you crap. And it happened pretty regularly. My dad always had an excuse ready. He could never say I'm not interested because he wouldn't want the person on the other side of the door to be mad at him or offended or anything. Okay. So he would make up an excuse like my son's in the next room and he's very ill. And I don't have time. And contagious. And Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> this uh, woman, Melissa, wrote to, wrote to us and said, our neighbor's son told the Avon lady that his mom had just died and his dad was too sad to come to the door. So when he shut the door, his mom was shocked, asked him why he would say that. He said, well, you didn't want to buy from her anyway, and now she won't come back. <laughs> My mom's dead. Oh, geez. Oh, man. That's... Kids are dark. Kids are bad people. I mean, no. when you think about it. Uh, Can't share Chris Little's story. No, no, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> not a good idea. It involves French onion soup. Uh, what about this one? This one was from Melissa. When, when my son was young, we went to Chuck E. Cheese, left his Game Boy uh, in the Chuck E. Cheese restaurant, and I told him, just go run in and get it, and your brother and I will wait in the car for you. After quite a while, I got concerned and took his brother in with me. I found him at the counter crying, saying, if you don't find my Game Boy, my mother will kill me. Not literally. <laughs> she says CPS, CPS loves me now. Uh, that's too bad. That is a good. What, who's knows? calling you right now? I don't know. We have a show on. I know that. Until 2 o'clock. Who would be calling Who me? was that? Is it that girl that sends you pictures? Oh, yeah. Is it her? Is it no, semi-nudes? She, she just sends pictures. She doesn't call me to tell me. Should she I say woman or was it a girl? I don't know, Blake. I don't know. 
two missed calls. How did I miss two of them? Well, what area code is it? Is it the cash contest? It's up there. No, not the cash contest. Not the 513. Uh, hey, there is a, I know John and Ken are going to talk about this because this is up their alley, but former L.A. County Sheriff Lee Baca likely headed to prison. The Supreme Court was the last to decide on this. But they he denied, has Alzheimer's. They denied his uh, last-ditch, long-shot request to review his case. Uh, it would have reopened his case after review uh, for review after a panel of judges from the Ninth Circuit ruled that his conviction for helping orchestrate that scheme to interfere with the FBI uh, was fair and legally sound. They also denied his request for another hearing or a new hearing in front of the entire Ninth Circuit. Of course, it is because uh, he has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, was sentenced three years ago now yeah. to three years behind bars after a jury found that he oversaw this plan to interfere with federal investigation into the abuses around the L.A. County jails, later lied to prosecutors about his role in the whole thing. Uh, his attorney said the Supreme Court missed an opportunity to right the significant legal wrongs that occurred in Sheriff's Baca's, uh, Sheriff Baca's case. That so, sucks. It does. You know? But... 77 years old. Got to go to prison. Well, that's why you don't break the law, kids. <laughs> there is that as well. Um, the uh, and the arguments about whether or not dementia may have played a role in all of this. And mm, then I don't believe in that. Uh, but uh, the Cosby look where he kind of came in and pretended that he was out of sorts. And I once saw him in leather pants at a Neil Diamond concert at Staples. And he was very nice. Yeah, I know. It was a weird that's... visual to get your mind wrapped around, but that happened. That was a, something that happened. Were you still a reporter at the time? Yeah. So there was still an opportunity that the very next day you were going to have to see him. Not in leather pants. In his pants. uniform. Right. In leather pants. Black leather pants. People still do that. Yeah. You ever owned leather pants? No. Because Yeah, of... no, I, well, they were fake leather, but I had a pair of sweet, fake, red leather, pleather pants circa 2000 maybe 99 we all make mistakes not that i i'm not saying that was a i don't know maybe they were great on you i don't know maybe they were they were pretty sweet if you say so it's a good thing they were fake you wore overalls circa 2000 1999 no that would have been way too late i think I don't think I had them. I I was in Seattle. and Let's just say we've both made some poor fashion choices. Today or you mean just in our lives? In our lives. Okay. Today. Yeah, what did I wear? Nothing. Okay. John and Ken show coming up next. Thankfully. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. And my nipples, of course. Mm -hmm. Oh. Oh. Gary and Shannon. Giving it the big build up there and he did not deliver at all. What a shame. Nobody wants to see that. 